0: Uh, what's up, Colleen? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, Thanks for good. having me. Of course. Yeah. And uh, we're actually uh, live. In, in my, person. Uh, in person. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Pleasure to hang out. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I've uh, actually, I remember, I don't know how I came across you in the CrossFit world uh, back in the day, but I uh, remember seeing some of your... Um, uh, uh, i guess performances yeah to the games that regionals and stuff so it's yeah you big fan thank and, you uh, i think we ran into each other at the uh, dbt meetup a few yeah. months ago and uh small world a, small world for sure <laughs> i think I, when i autographed the, uh, my book I, yes. I wrote that i need your autograph actually so <laughs> so anyway pleasure to be hanging out with you so uh, for people who don't know who you are do you want to give a quick intro
1: yeah for sure so i currently work as a data analyst and former competitive athlete in swimming crossfit and bobsledding and i just moved to utah like
0: three weeks ago so
1: yeah yeah loving the choice so far and yeah
0: that's cool yeah, let's walk through it. I think the theme of this, and, and um, I think what would be interesting to talk about is your journey from being an athlete mm-hmm. to uh, working as a data analyst. I yeah, that's that's not the most uh, yeah. um, obvious career <laughs> right. path. Uh, and when I um, yeah, when I saw you at the the uh, the meetup, I was like, wait, really? She's here? <laughs> yeah. Did a cross she walk into conference. the wrong room?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like the
0: uh, the. the, uh, the, the, the yeah yeah crossfit games is the other other uh place in the building there but um <laughs> yeah yeah no it's, it's really cool i mean so yeah walking through this i mean you, so you've been um an athlete most of your life right so yeah um,
1: yeah so grew up playing pretty much i feel like every sport and then swimming was the one that stuck and so started doing that solely swimming um i would say beginning of high school so the brutal double days and 445 Yikes. on deck at the pool workouts um and but yeah i i mean there were definitely times where i would say I didn't enjoy it a ton but overall really liked it and um led me to do a lot of things that i never in a million years could have dreamed that i would get to do like qualifying for olympic trials and Whoa. winning a nc2a championship and so that was pretty awesome um and yeah, so um, did that, and then thought I was done competing in all athletics, and um, really wanted to be a D1 strength and conditioning coach. So I interned at Berkeley, where I went to college, and um, a few years later got a job coaching there. Did that, which was incredible, and then while I was there, got introduced to CrossFit, Whoa. and yeah, so I was in, um, so I was in Berkeley, and a friend of mine invited me to regionals back when it was Norcal and SoCal and I think it was in Santa Rosa at the time it was outdoors um, and what year was this uh, 2013 I want to say okay yeah yeah and um, I was just in awe of everyone competing and especially just the women the weight they were moving and stuff and the stuff they were doing on rings I was like
0: this is wild who were some of the who were some of the top women back then I'm trying to remember
1: I do remember Annie Sakamoto was
0: competing okay. at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then s- that was the year Sam Briggs won. I was
0: gonna say Sam Briggs was Lindsay Valenzuela,
1: yeah. um, Val vobrol Yeah. So that was a that was quite the crew. Like yeah. major OGs. Yeah. Like yeah, CrossFit royalty.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So that was so then my friend and I um, signed up for a crossfit gym the following day in san francisco and i was absolutely hooked um well and it's funny too that actually wasn't my first time ever trying crossfit oh that's okay (laughs) Um, but yeah i had tried a class and um I think it was just there were kipping pull-ups, double-unders, and something else, all stuff that takes quite a bit to learn, you know, when you're first getting into CrossFit, so I'm not going to lie, I didn't have the best time, and I was like, ah, maybe CrossFit's not for me, and then after going to this competition, not that I necessarily thought I was going to compete in it, but I just loved the community aspect, Mm -hmm. and that was definitely something I missed from collegiate sports, was getting to show up. And kind of suffer together yeah. <laughs> in a way.
0: Wait, which gym was this again that you went to? Was it-
1: uh, so this was uh, United Barbell in San Francisco. Okay.
0: Yeah. Why do I feel like I've heard of them before? Are they popular for anything in particular? Um. Barbell. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Anything with Barbell at the end though? You yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's like <laughs> yeah. a legit gym. And, they, yeah. and you think it's in Ohio like a... Uh, you right, know, like, <laughs> yeah. like West Side or something. So, oh
1: yeah, yeah, but yeah, awesome community, and um, we were right near uh, the AT and T Stadium, the Giant Stadium. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, really cool spot. But yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so that was kind of my first introduction, and I, yeah, I definitely drank the Kool Aid hard, and I was just
0: all in. Well, I mean, back then too, I think it was easy because CrossFit was becoming like the cool thing for sure right yeah like i remember dorking out in like even 2008 i think or nine like the main site workouts um i don't know one of my friends was like hey you should try these out i'm like these things are horrible yeah um yeah right but that was back i think because the games i think started what in 2009 or something like that if i i think it was seven or eight eight? okay yeah yeah. old school and you know but you fast forward to um you know 2012 2013 runtime you're describing and it's like there's official uh Mm -hmm. gyms they call them boxes but same thing. Right. Right. Um, you know, and it, it seemed like uh, it's definitely reaching a um, like a crescendo at that time. Definitely.
1: So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like a lot of people in that. That's interesting. So how, so, I mean, you've been like a competitive athlete up to this point. Mm-hmm. How, you know, but, the, but in a lot of cases, like, you, you know, you're on a team, you know, you're getting coaching, you're showing up at 440 in the morning, mm-hmm. like on deck, right? And now you're yeah. having to do CrossFit. Like walk me through that progression of like... You know, being on a team. Do you think te- swimming's a team sport though, or is it not a team sport? It is. I would okay. say it
1: is. You definitely. I mean, for me, relays were my favorite part of, and not okay. that it's all relays aren't all encompassing. There's only a few, but I would say even when, at least from my experience, when I'm going up to the blocks for an individual race, it never felt like I was truly by myself, and okay. I think that was because the culture of the team was very much that no individual is bigger than the whole. right? And that's what I loved. Like That's what I thrived on and probably why I liked relays the absolute most. If I could mm. do just relays, I honestly would. Um, not funny. that I didn't like competing alone, but um, I just loved the team camaraderie. And I think, I mean, like you said, swimming's a brutal sport, especially the training for it and the timing and all that stuff. But I think that's the cool part about it is, that sometimes when you don't want to, you know, push through a workout or anything like that for yourself, you can look to the right and left of you and be like, Mm. okay, I'm doing it for them. Right. And that's what I really, really like. So,
0: so how do you think that that translated over to CrossFit when you got into it then?
1: So I am very competitive. I would not tell at all. Um. (laughs) So I, so what I really liked was when I showed up to CrossFit, there was, you know, a whiteboard and It would have everyone's name for every Mm. class that had gone on that day so far and their score for the workout and i loved going in and being like okay what's the best time what's the best score i do that i'm gonna beat that yeah 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 Yeah. and it's just i love that just getting to fixate on that versus going into the gym and being like well i'm here because i you know want my body to look this way or i want i'm lifting to get the it was just i wasn't fixated on that. I was just kind of like in the moment either trying to learn a new skill Or i'm trying to beat the person next to me Which I really liked and kind of scratched that competitive itch that I just yeah inherently have so yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> But as far as the team aspect goes though, right? Yeah. So in swimming it was you know, it was all about the team but in, in crossfit, right. right? So you have your uh, the people you train with a lot like yeah. your, your crew whether it's a morning crew or the afternoon crew or mm-hmm. evening crew or whatever like um, I was always the afternoon crew my wife she's the morning crew and yeah but we always kind of have this um competitiveness with it with the different times of day for some reason I don't yeah know why, but <laughs> that like, is so true but it's like <laughs> yeah you know but then as far as like pushing yourself, do you think that um, did you view it as more of a a kind of like you know I'm doing this for um you know my my gym mm-hmm. or am I doing this for myself like I'm trying to get into that switch because at CrossFit, especially if you, if you compete as an individual or train as an mm-hmm. individual, like you're obviously an individual. Yeah, like, totally. You know, so, I mean, it, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say it was a shift because um, I would say it's definitely more individual than, you know, swimming an individual race on a collegiate team. But to your point, I do think the boxes, have they're like a team in and of themselves, the yeah. community. Because um, it really does take a village, you know, all the people that show up at even today, like a semifinals, quarterfinals, the games, like they have a box and coaches and friends and family that are all helping them and pushing them to, you know, do their thing. And so yeah. I think as an individual, you definitely represent all the people that help you get to that point point, allow you to do that i would say though i mean and during my crossfit career i did have the opportunity to compete on a team which was yeah. so cool and that was definitely reminded me more of the collegiate swimming side where i mean you are on a team so it makes sense that it would make sense way. yeah but, but it, was, it was like six yeah.
0: people though right with a couple yeah. alternates like because i yeah so i used to train at ute uh, for the right, audience right. which is like back it was like 2012 2013 they won the games back to back and then um like Tommy Hackenbrook, the uh, you know, the lead of of Ute, I think individually even like killed it at the games a few times. Like, oh yeah, yeah, very dominant. Jim. Yeah, he was he was the G back in the day. Um, but um, but yeah, so I'd see these guys training a ton, right? So my mm-hmm. my first coaches was uh, uh Mike Casu and uh, Jake Hutton. Yeah, I don't know, if you know those dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake's like, I think they called him the Vanilla Gorilla. The dude is like <laughs> massive. His right. Instagram of him lifting, like he was doing like. Back lunges at like four zero five or something crazy oh, like wow that. easily dang um, overhead, yeah, just the, the overhead like uh walking lunge at like three fifteen or something <laughs> oh, the guy's a beast, but so that yeah. was my first coach there, and wow. these guys were um i think jake ended up oh so Mike ended up doing brute strength, um, yeah yeah yeah, and brute uh, mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff, and then who was it uh jake uh, went on to do uh um Yeah, because you won again in, what was it, 2016, I think it was, at the games for team? We got third or something. And then the Wasatch Brute won the next year. Oh, that's right. So I'd watch these guys train, though. I'm like, holy crap. Like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, I, In my own little way, I've done in to sports, but nothing like that, where these Mm -hmm. guys are just, like, really pushing it. And, And so you definitely can appreciate the team aspect. I mean, when you were on the team... Um, first what team are you on and then walk me through that dynamic of just like training and how it uh compared to being an individual um going to the games
1: yeah so i was on the norcal crossfit team
0: it's a legit team
1: yeah so jason kalipa's gym and um was on the team with one of my best friends still to this day molly Vollmer. who she was when i was getting into crossfit i I mean, I still look up to her, but I remember competing against her and just being in awe. And it's oh, wow. pretty wild that we became best friends. But um, so I competed on NorCal CrossFit, and so in the 2016 season, I missed out on the games by a few points, which was that's tragic, brutal. Um, and and I had had a nagging shoulder injury from that I had had for years from swimming, but it wasn't bad enough where i thought something was really wrong but felt like i should get an mri just for peace of mind and turns out there was actually something wrong so um so basically had to talk with the doctor they're like hey if you don't plan on doing any of this stuff or want to lift and whatnot i mean you can let it be but it's not gonna be great so i was like well i want to keep doing this so i'm gonna get surgery so so knew that going individual the following season 2017 just wasn't there was no way I could go individual. Um, and not that team is by any means easier, but it's just um, different, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just different. And so, and I'm so thankful, honestly, through that whole process because Norcal was putting together a team. And I'm so thankful that for that team, because honestly, i I mean coming back from any injury is not fun, and right. especially the mental piece of it. And it was so helpful having, those other five people that I, you know, on the days that I had enough with my rehab or anything like that, and I just didn't want to do it, but I knew what I was doing it for. Mm-hmm. And that was, and going to the games with them was just incredible and getting to win regionals and stuff like that. That's it funny. was, and some of the hardest workouts to this day was with the worm. So it's that long sandbag yeah, that are all lifting together. Yeah, yeah. That thing sucks. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> well, and that's the thing with the team. It's such a different shift from, individual while it's um, sometimes you're taking on a lot more volume as an individual but when you're on a team you know if I am feeling gas and I need a break I don't really just get to be like hey I'm tapping out for a second like you have to be in tune with everyone else to make sure okay no this is when we're breaking so sometimes you end up pushing yourselves to limits far beyond what you thought you were capable of because you have to because you don't get to stop whenever you want Um, so that was that was really cool. So I feel like I got that much fitter through that season training with the
0: team. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you guys do that year? We got fourth. Okay.
1: Which I shouldn't say like, oh, we got, but you know, when you're that close Wait, to the podium. Was
0: 17. Okay. That wasn't the year the, the Wasatch Brutes. That was. That won. was the okay. year they won. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, I, yeah, For the audience, uh, the Brutes um, were the evolution of the... Uh, of the uh, Ute uh, gym here in Salt Lake City. Um, Yeah. And so they uh, train a bit north of here. But um, those guys, I I mean, I I was watching them train, and that was, it was crazy how much, Mm -hmm. you know. And they, and the thing is, too, I think the uh, the head coach at the time or the head of the team, uh, Adrian uh, Conway, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was... He, I don't know, he just has really good leadership skills. Mm-hmm. It was cool. And that really went, uh, came through and they, um, you know, how they performed Cause it was like, yeah. just, everything was in sync. Like everyone was like, mm-hmm. just on it. I don't know what happened, yeah. but it just, it clicked. So well, that's it, the
1: thing too. You have to have such good communication skills and yeah. sometimes without actually communicating either. Cause that's a, you know, you're not only, you know, you can barely breathe and you're tired and stuff, but you're also having to pay attention to everyone around you or the person that's yelling out, you know, to stop when you right. need to stop or, you know, to go when you need to go, and stuff like that. So it definitely takes on a lot of different um, how much, elements. When you're
0: competing at the games in team, how often are you looking at, or even individually, how often are you looking at the person next to you or the, or oh. the leaderboard to see, like, uh, how the scores are? It
1: kind of, I would say very rarely. I mean, when I was competing on a team, you're we had... At least one person for every workout that was dictating, like with the worm, for example, that you're all holding um, like this giant sandbag you have on your shoulders and, you know, you'd have to progress it forward through the workout. And the person in front's the one dictating like, hey, we got to stop. So you're always paying attention to them. Also, you know, you, the better, the more you're in sync with that, the easier and more efficient it will feel. So you're always paying attention to the person in front of you just to make sure your cadence is matching up. Um, As far as individually, I don't – there's very few times where I'm really looking around, I would say. I do remember the last – or in 2018 at regionals, I remember there was one workout where I – was in the lead by, it was one of the, I got to win a regional workout, which was really cool on my own. And I remember like looking over, I remember my parents were freaking out. They're like, why is she looking over? She needs to focus on (laughs) what she's doing. And I was focusing, but um, but I would say for the most part, there are blinders on, but I would say sometimes like another event at that regionals, I remember I was neck and neck with another girl and there were these really heavy overhead dumbbell lunges. And we were kind of paying yeah. attention to each other where it's like, well, I'm not going to pick it up until she picks it up, you know, kind of a thing. So you're, you're feeding off each other a bit, but I would say for the most part, you have your blinders on a bit. Cause you also don't want to, you know, everyone has a strategy based on their s- uh, strengths and weaknesses and you don't want to get, you know, go out too hot, you know, cause you're trying to catch someone and then you blow up at the end of a workout right. and stuff like that. So. So it's good to know where you're at, but primarily stay within yourself and know that you have to run your own race.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's interesting. And then from CrossFit, you didn't stop there. So no. Went yeah. To, um, yeah <laughs> another yeah. sport. So.
1: Yeah. So I, um, after the 2020 season, um, I got recruited to um, try out for the U.S. National Bobsled Team, okay. Which I sounds a lot like CrossFit and yeah, swimming. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was kind of at first I was like well, I had no idea how people got into bobsledding. And how do you get into bobsledding? I've always been curious. So I think a lot of it is through word of mouth. I think people know someone who did it or tried out like and a did a combine. Easy or something? Yeah, like, yeah, like secret code, knock like twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, well, and I think, too, it's probably more prevalent in sports like track, for example, especially a lot of women will go from track into oh, or even volleyball, stuff like that. Um, and that's so for the most part, the the women I had seen in it were um, were track athletes who got into it. And so I think it ever. Well, I'm I would say I'm like the opposite of a track athlete. I mean, I was in a pool most of my life and then did. You know i spent many years in crossfit learning how to just keep running for a 5k you know what i mean so i mean i was
0: gonna ask you i should have asked you before do you consider yourself more of a uh, kind of anaerobic or aerobic athlete or strength or power like what's your uh
1: i would say first strength and power but i think i didn't realize how aerobic i was until i got into crossfit and how much of an aerobic base i got from swimming even being a sprinter in swimming i had a really good foundation um just because I did a lot of hypoxic work and stuff and and our practices in general. I mean, I was a sprinter, but that doesn't mean that, you know, in the off season you're building that base. So I did a lot of long, brutal workouts that challenged me aerobically. And so that definitely helped. Um, But I would say for the most part, the strength side of things comes to me a lot easier than the aerobic side. Yeah.
0: Before you did in the bobsled then uh, I mean, that seemed to translate over.
1: Yeah. So it was for the initial. So that was the thing. They were looking for powerful athletes that were strong, um, you know, because I was a brakeman. So I was the one I was not driving, okay. um, which is for the best. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I was in the back uh, helping the sled get up to top speed as soon as possible okay so essentially you've got like 15 to 20 meters to just start sprinting with the sled and then continue that speed as you're jumping in how many people are
0: are in the bobsled two okay yeah
1: yeah so um so yeah so that was definitely a new thing that i had to learn was how to run properly and proper sprinting mechanics yeah because i had i had never learned how to again it was a lot of my running training in CrossFit was, you know, 5k work, um, having to run for a few miles and then go do a clean and jerk or something like that, you know, and there was, we did some sprinting, but it was such a small piece of the programming that there wasn't a lot of, um, a lot of training centered around that. How
0: so do you train to become a brakeman then? <laughs>
1: so I would say it's a lot of sprinting work. So dialing so in sprints,
0: like what, what, uh, what distance are you talking about? Uh,
1: like 20, 30 meters okay. or so. Yeah. Not, not very long Would you at have all. like a
0: sled on you or something? To- uh,
1: so honestly, a lot of the off season stuff, you're just purely sprinting, not with a sled. Okay. And then you'll also start to, as you get closer to in season stuff, working with just like a regular prowler sled. Um, there are some sleds that, uh, like the pilot that recruited me, she had one made that mimicked the, um, mimicked a bobsled essentially not the full Uh, bobsled but just um like where the handles were and everything just so she could practice a lot better which was really cool um but then in both in park city and uh new york which is where the two tracks in the us are they have um a track so you don't so you can practice just the initial push and sprint without actually having to go onto the ice which is really cool so
0: probably prevents injury too. I'm yeah, sure. for sure. I mean, was it scary your first time going down yes. a bus? <laughs> <ride>? Okay. Yes. <laughs> that seems terrifying. Yeah.
1: I, so that was the thing going into, so I went out to New York and we trained for maybe a week or two and then, um, then the track was ready. The ice was ready and all that stuff. So we got to go down it and, Basically, the first day they just told me, just whatever you do, get in the sled. They were like, we don't care how fast you push it, what it looks like, just make sure you get in the sled. What happens if you don't? Uh, if you don't, it really sucks for your pilot. Because <laughs> one, oh, it's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. harder to drive <laughs> it down because you don't have the weight uh, keeping it down in the back, so the back kind of fishtails. Yeah. And you're supposed to be in charge of the brakes. So when they get to the bottom, they're going to have to figure out like how to scooch back and pull on the brakes. So it's all bad. So you just, they were like, we don't care if you take two steps and then get in.
0: (laughs) Just get in. How does it work in the opposite though? So if a brakeman gets in, but the pilot doesn't get in, is that okay? Oh, no.
1: Uh, I don't know if that's, maybe that's happened, but I I don't know what would
0: happen. Are they in it already and you're just pushing it? So
1: you start initially both out of the sled, okay. and then you um, you start pushing the sled at the same time, and then the pilot will get in like a second before the brakeman does. So the pilot gets in, and okay. then the brakeman takes like two to three more steps, and
0: then you're in. Okay, I just make sure it wasn't like, hey, just kidding. Oh yeah, yeah. fun. Like, <laughs> oh, oh or gosh. something, right? Like that they, would they, be they, horrible. Yeah, so. But when you trained, was your pilot experienced or were you both yeah. new? So okay, that helps.
1: I was very fortunate that my, I mean, the entire US team when I was there, um, amazing pilots, very seasoned. And the um, pilot that I went with my first time, Kaylee Humphreys, multiple gold medals. Dang. Very, very okay. good. So I felt very safe. I was like, I'm good. You're, my life is in your hands and I feel good about right. this. Um, and I remember... Because when you're a brakeman, it's good to know, you know, how many turns there are in the track and everything like that. And I, you know, given it was my first time, I had no idea where I was in the track as we were going down. But I knew in general that it was going to take around 50-ish or, or a minute. So I was just counting in my head <laughs> and waiting for it to be over because I had no idea where I was.
0: What comes to mind is like uh like water slides, like the, the, the oh, ones with the tubes. Mm, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That- Your first time, did it feel like something like that, or was it just... uh... No,
1: it's a lot... uh, It's not nearly as gentle. So, basically, you're in, like, a metal container, and you're kind of getting pushed around, and there's also a lot of, um, uh, like, G-force getting, like... So, you're getting, like, smushed in half, which is good. You want to stay as low as possible. Um, But it's pretty wild. You're just kind of... There's no seatbelts, no like anything like that. So you're just holding on to the frame of the bobsled. Who thought of this sport? I Um. know, it's very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Well and it's wild too, in Lake Placid they still have the old track that was there years and years and years ago. And you look at the bobsled and how it's progressed and everything. It's pretty wild what it used to be like.
0: What was it like back Uh, in the day?
1: Just way more minimal. And I would say the tracks were um like it looked like you could kind of just like pop out of them at any time. It was like
0: I, <laughs> I don't know exactly happened. how they
1: were made, but um Is there like yeah. is there
0: like a like a mural like to, to all the uh the fallen um bobsled oh, people? No, no okay. I don't think so. Just like, that would be uh very grim if you went to a yeah. big training facility and you're like, hey, Yeah, I might second guess. Yeah, my decision. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. Did you train up in Park City then?
1: Yeah, so I got to compete there and train there. That was a lot of fun. Um, That was my first and only crash I had in Park City. Um, So that was pretty wild to experience. What was that like? Yeah. So it was pretty much like they had... Because they run you through a protocol of... I mean, they have to for safety reasons. Um, Like, hey, here's what you do. If you crash, here's what it's going to feel like. Um, And so they did say that you'll something won't feel quite right. And given that I was still so new, I didn't really know what, I mean, it feels pretty violent altogether. So you don't really know. You're like, was that supposed to feel like that? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, and it goes really quiet for a split second. And then all of a sudden your head's on the ice. So, Whoa. yeah. So I remember, um, yeah, all of a sudden we were, and you don't go fully upside down. You're just on your side. Okay. Um, but yeah, so my helmet was just, Sliding on the ice for a bit, and I was just hanging on. For was your helmet on you? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God for helmets. So, and it's interesting too because every track starts to go up a little bit through the finish line, and so oh, we crashed and we went through the finish line, which was good because we were trying to qualify for a race, and because I stood in or stayed in the sled. Um, we qualified, so that was good. Our time counted. Good job. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and but so because it goes up at the end, you start sliding back down, and so we slid back down, and we kind of went back and forth for
0: like a when bit, I was like Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: so and then eventually, um, the there's people like manning the track. They'll stop it so you can get out, um, and then you get checked by medics and all yeah. that to make sure you're okay. Are you okay? And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it it was just, I mean, my adrenaline was at an all time high. I could imagine. I, uh, later that night, I just crashed. I was, it was wild, but um, yeah. So that was that was quite an experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I always wondered about. Yeah, it 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 looks like the craziest sport of most of the uh, snow sports, and and we're in mm-hmm. Utah, right? So it's like the Olympic team trains here. Yeah countless snow sports right um, you know park city's got uh you know the olympic jump and we have the oval here which has all the indoor stuff and yeah i think the college on the street for westminster they have more uh, olympians i think than any other school in the, in the world maybe oh, wow. cuz you can get a free uh, scholarship there if you're a, oh, there if you on the ski team nice yeah so it's like oh very why cool not? Yeah, so yeah it's like every Seriously. everyone here is on the ski team i mean <laughs> except for me for some reason oh. but, uh, <laughs> but uh yeah that's cool Dang, that's a, that's interesting. So, so, but you got a national team. You're about to go to the Olympics or, or try so, out the Olympics.
1: Yeah, that was the goal was to try out and uh, potentially qualify for the Olympics in the 2022 season. Okay. And um, so, probably a month out from going back to Lake Placid to start training and then start the qualification process, I tore my ACL. Oh, so that God, was yeah. um, brutal. Was hoping that it was. Something that I could I don't know somehow get back to in a few months, but got an MRI and it was fully torn and um so that was it was pretty wild i it, just to I thought I had the rest of the year planned out to at and then um yeah, just kind of got wow. turned on its head a little bit, so
0: what was that like mentally?
1: That was, it was hard. It was interesting because I remember, um, so I tore it, I wasn't, um, on a bobsled track. I was, I was lifting and it's which is something almost, like that,
0: right? It's, it's... which is almost <laughs>
1: more annoying. I kind of wish it was specific to bobsledding, you know, cause I could kind of in my head rationalize that a bit more, yeah. um, because with lifting it's something, you know, I was re-racking a push jerk, something I've done hundreds. Wait, were you and, racking it? Yeah, so I did. I was doing a double or triple. Yeah, went overhead, brought it back down, and my knee just kind of gave, and it was That's such crazy. a fluke, weird thing. Um, and just so it's more annoying because it's something I've done. I don't so know what it is times. about
0: push jerks too, because I I, I I knocked one of my uh, teeth. Oh at, geez, from a push jerking up and it hit my oh, chin, and then yeah. I, and I was like, oh god, it, it, that yeah. yeah just just avoid those uh lifts I know there. well that's because
1: I love push jerks I was like how could they do this to me right <laughs> but, that's crazy um,
0: I guess you, it is a lot of load though yeah you know, on knee, so
1: totally yeah so it was really weird and I remember in that instant kind of just kind of seeing that dream or Olympic dream oh, no. kind of like flashing board. not that it was by any means guaranteed I was going up against a bunch of Amazing athletes who have been doing actually, it. Forever, what but, whole
0: selection process like? So, you're, you're trying out for the Olympic team. Yeah. How many people are you against, and like, what, what happens?
1: So, it kind of depends on the year, but I want to say that season there are probably around 15 to 18 women okay. trying out for it. And then, so there's alternates as well, but um, essentially there's, um, A combine where so they're taking into so there's a whole committee that kind of makes this selection and then they also take into account obviously the coaches feedback the pilots feedback teammates feedback um and the committee is made up of former athletes as well and so it's uh and so during so they still have a season going into the olympics and so they use a lot of that season to take into account who should be in the slides at the olympics um and yeah yeah okay. so it's
0: so not a lot of people i mean so did you feel like you actually had a good chance of, of um of uh, getting in if you if you had uh, if you hadn't blown at your knee
1: i definitely so it's hard to say i definitely felt like so from the because i learned so much about what was to what i needed to do and what were my weaknesses in the okay. sport after the first season So I sought out a coach um, who had been a bobsledder himself and he now works um, with a lot of NFL athletes and was super, super knowledgeable about what I, cause I was like, I I know very little about bobsledding still. I was like, I don't know how to train <laughs> myself in it. And so I was like, I, and I don't have, you know, four to eight years, you know, I'm trying to make it next
0: year. You're like a noob, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very much. Yeah. And
1: so I felt like working with him up until, you know, my, I hurt my knee. I, there was so much, I was so excited to more than anything else like see where I was at after putting in all that work and training a way that I had never trained before yeah and so I think that was probably the toughest part was just not getting to show up um, regardless of how it was going to turn out Um, and and I had been competitive going in in, you know the prior season so it was just and that was unfortunate because I felt like I was finally getting some really solid work in and I understood the trajectory and where I was going and so that was just hard too, but more than anything, just not being able to know to just to see it through, if anything. Yeah, so that was That right? was tough.
0: Well, yeah. But that seemed to have set you up for the next Yeah. Thing. So no, uh totally. so let's see, swimming, uh crossfit, bobsledding <laughs> and uh Seems appropriate. Data analytics. Data right? analytics. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Yeah. What's up with that?
1: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Did
0: somebody approach you in secret and say, do you want to, um, (laughs) you know, data is pretty cool. You you ever think about, uh, maybe becoming an analyst sometime? (laughs)
1: No. So it was, yeah. So interesting. Um, so I was, while I was competing in CrossFit, I was getting my master's in kinesiology because I figured I was going to go back into some form of maybe collegiate coaching again. And. Through that, kind of realized that I had more of a passion for the quantitative side on, of things, and I kind of was already geeking out in data for myself, as far as just in training and whatnot.
0: Um, do you track all your workouts? I do. I yeah. do too. I have a yeah. spreadsheet with every workout I've ever oh, done. Oh, dude, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. I really wanted to do something with all of the
0: Same. data, yeah. <laughs> which I don't know what I would do, but... <laughs> well, I, I track, and we get back to the analytics part in a bit, yeah, but yeah. it's like... I always, I always um, see where I have uh, good uh, runs and then where I kind of start messing up. Like yeah. climbing, especially. I could track every climb I do, like every climb I do, yeah. which is weird. And workouts as well, whatever it is. But it's oh, like for sure. What what leads up to having a success? What, what leads up to maybe mm-hmm. like, you know, just completely flubbing out stuff and you just yeah. shouldn't be doing it, you know, today, no, right? No, so totally. It's like, so yeah, and, it's, and I always track like my squats. Like I have a, uh... <laughs> I'll show you, but it's funny because it's like, um, number of reps, uh, sets, weight use, and like total pounds per, per, oh, per nice. time. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting going back and comparing. Right. You know, so I, what, what do you track?
1: So for me, I mean, when I was competing, I tracked every workout. I was also tracking all my food and stuff, okay. which was... Now I don't, but I was tracking it yeah. a ton. Um, now I really like tracking my sleep, which I... Again, like, I'm not too, doing... Yeah anything with it but i just really like score? yeah oh i well actually i have an aura ring or they have a red nina score too yeah, yeah they do and i love i don't know why i just love looking oh, at stuff but, okay, but yeah so i want to do something with, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i feel like a lot of athletes are though like i think, I think so there's too. a stereotype you know in in the tech world um that uh athletes and jocks are um stupid and a bunch of meatheads these are some of the smartest people i know um you know athletes and um and whatnot because I mean you, you have to at a certain level um I, I guess nerd out on this stuff right like mm-hmm. this, you know you, you can go throw oh, a weight invested. around but it's like I don't know, you know or you could have like a program and oh for sure if there's
1: supplies. no rhyme or reason like and that's the thing too in competitive sports it everyone's working hard oh yeah so it's it's not enough just to work you know like you said push yourself lift all the weight First of all, you have to do there has to be a rhyme or a reason. Because mm-hmm. right, if you go in guns a blazing every day trying to max out all the time, you're not gonna go. Oh very yeah. Far. I mean
0: I even remember the the best programming I ever got was from a uh, Jake Hutton who we talked about earlier, but like, yeah. At, at U, when he um was programming at the gym I was at, it was like squat progressions, for example. Mm-hmm. Like there was like six, eight weeks. Yeah. You're just yeah. squatting. And doing CrossFit workouts. But so it's like your main lift is and it's like right. everything is dialed. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, one and a quarter you know up and down and like tempo totally. squats and like all this stuff and like this is brilliant programming. yeah yeah right and it all the whole goal is that you know um you know have you uh you know hopefully get a better one rm at some point but it's right like, yeah it doesn't go throw weight around
1: right? no right so and that's with everything else right it's and now especially like in any sport it continues to get more and more competitive so it's it's about your sleep it's about yeah. the food you're eating it's your recovery is a huge component
0: sleep and recovery is the one right i that everyone's talking about that now that didn't used oh, to be a thing sleep, no now it's
1: no <laughs> like a recovery i and that's the thing i mean i think we can hindsight's 2020 20, we can all go but there's so much um i just didn't know you know growing up in sport and that's the thing it just wasn't talked about as much especially the recovery piece and now You know, you, and that's, I would say at every competition, that's the like invisible event, so to speak. It's like, if you're not recovering, you're not like a CrossFit event, you could be the fittest in the world, but if you don't have your recovery dialed in by day four, everyone's crushing you because you're not Mm -hmm. recovering well. And so, and I mean, I think that spans to general population as well. Like if you're not getting, sleep is at the bottom of the pyramid. And if you don't have that stuff, Dialed in. I mean, you can still make gains here and there, but if you unlock your sleep and recovery yeah. potential, you just unlock a whole new level of everything else. So, mm-hmm. and it's cool that it's being talked about so much now. For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. Part of me is wondering like how much of it is, uh, like, a. I don't know, companies like having apps. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, like, oh, you guys need to sleep more, but you, you couldn't and track you it without need, our right. app. Right? <laughs> it wasn't important so, then, but now it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. But back to analytics. Okay, so yeah. you, you're, you're a nerd. We, yeah. we got that out of the way. You're yeah. really competitive. Um, analytics, though, like how this was a career yeah. path. How did you get into that?
1: Yeah, so my sister-in-law is a data analyst. Okay. And so I'd heard about the field from her. Um, my dad was an engineer by trait and pretty much all my siblings were in some form of engineering. And I was kind of over in this island of, I'm just going to yeah. do fitness or
0: something. But, <laughs> I do um, yeah, which is cool.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, so I started asking her about it and the field seemed super interesting to me. I had no experience though, and didn't know a ton about it. So I was like, well, I should, I need a technical skill set. I need to go get some education in this. Field, So I started looking up, um, while I was still finishing up my master's, started looking up if there were any remote programs that Mm. I could hop into. And so I found one through ASU and started that. Um, So I was doing that while I was bobsledding. Oh, Um, interesting. And then was taking some Coursera classes to get introduced to coding, which I honestly thought I was gonna hate. Turns out I actually really like, which is interesting. Um
0: which is It, it makes funny. sense in retrospect, actually. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think if anything, like I'm learning it just like when I first walked into a CrossFit gym, a muscle up seemed so incredibly scary that I the thought of even trying it. I was mm. like, I'm gonna feel stupid and I can't do this. And it was the same with coding. And then once you just you gotta make the first step however small it is and you know you don't just figure it out all in one day and like you said it comes with smart programming and all that stuff so um yeah so I started doing that and then decided that that's what I wanted to make a career out of and so I was planning on you know finishing up the bobsled season with however that would have ended up and while I was, you know, laying in bed after surgery. I was like, well, I can start applying for jobs. Like there's yeah. no, you know, if anything, I'll just get some practice. And ended up getting um, my, f- started my first role, let's see, in the fall of 21. Um, and yeah, so, and just nice. been learning, kind of drinking from a fire hose ever since, but it's been yeah. awesome.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. What are, your, what are your favorite aspects of, uh, of data analytics?
1: Oh, man, I, like we were talking about earlier, I love that no day really is the same. I feel like every day is super different in what I'm going to get asked, what I'm going to get to mm. learn, which is really cool. Um, I also really enjoy, um, I mean, I think it's like every company needs it, right? And it's, it's just the field is growing so much. And I also love the people that I've gotten to work with. I also think, not that... I know I have kind of a weird um, uh, path into it, but I feel like everyone I've met has a really interesting path into their current oh, yeah. data um, role. And so that's been really cool. And I feel like it's just been really interesting and awesome to learn from so many just incredible people.
0: Right, yeah. It's all about the good team too. Back to oh, absolutely. team dynamics, yeah. you know, over and over, Exactly. Right? It's like, it's, yeah. that's everything and that's how you learn on the job or... yeah. If you're with a bad team, I mean that that I, I've been in those situations too. And oh, it for sucks, sure. But I've been with great teams and mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world. You know. So, yeah. Um, it's really cool. Yeah, and I think being an athlete too. I don't know about you. I mean, I used to climb a ton. I, I you know, I guess maybe I would have been considered pro back in the day, but I was a dirt bag um, <laughs> climbing. But it's like, but I, I still know like some of the um, some of the characteristics of stuck, like knowing how to learn and knowing how to pick things up mm-hmm. and like. You know knowing how to focus on things like what do you think in analytics was like maybe both the easiest and then we can mm. talk about the hardest things for you to pick yeah. up right so like what was what was easy for you to pick up
1: uh i think just working hard and not being afraid of not knowing something initially yeah. like not being afraid to ask or or receive feedback i think that's something that really help that there are so many skills that I didn't know were going to transfer over from athletics into data. And I think being coachable is one of them where, that's a big one. and especially, and I think maybe because I, you know, I'm still, I would say very new. I, I have zero ego around it. I'm like, please give me feedback. Tell me if that's something's wrong. Have, like, yeah. yeah. So I think that's been, and I've been, well, and I think I, my first manager going into data i can't thank him enough because he really saw you know because it's hard to i think on a resume put some of those um intangible characteristics into you know words on be like hey i work hard (laughs) and like i've done athletics so this is gonna transfer (laughs) over Um, it's like but i think he really knew that yeah hey maybe your technical skill set isn't where we would want it to be right now, but I have no question that you're going to work super hard and, um, and that I did. So I think that's yeah. been, um, yeah. So I think just being coachable, trying to soak everything up as much as I can.
0: No, I totally get it. Like some of the, some of my favorite people are like athletes, um, militaries, the other one, especially if they're yeah. like, come from like a special ops background. So oh like yeah. To get there, you have to, be somewhat crazy totally. one, and then two. <laughs> yeah. Um. You just you have a good work ethic because you have to. Yeah. Right? They ain't gonna select somebody to put through that training that's like mm-hmm. you know just you know mess around. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, professional athletes or college athletes. I mean, if I see that on a resume, I'm like, okay, they know how to work. Right. Yeah. You're not gonna get on a team. Right. Being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> and uncoachable. Right. Un- un- yeah. right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big no. Piece. Totally. What was the hardest thing for you to pick up?
1: Um, or what's
0: been the hardest thing so far, not the...
1: Yeah, I mean, I would just say continuing to kind of, not that I feel like um, I have to backtrack per se, but because I don't have, you know, I wasn't in, didn't take a ton of stats and math courses, you know, yeah. in undergrad because I didn't know I was going to be doing this. And so kind of having to... um more or less, which I think you have to do either way, learn as you go. But I think just kind of playing catch up a little bit with some of the the more technical side of things. Um, But I think so much of that and having that mindset of like having that stats mindset and stuff, but I've also been really lucky, like you said, to have a really good team that, their that's their strengths so i've been able to learn a lot from them and how to actually apply it in real life scenarios so um but i would say that was definitely the toughest at first and just initially um i mean just being scared of coding and stuff as silly as it sounds it just looked it was so intimidating to me at first but i think and i think again this might sound silly but um I you know throughout high school and college I had a really hard time balancing academics and athletics and I had kind of convinced myself that I was just really bad at school and learning in that area and I think going into getting my master's and um, going into this new field if anything it's just it's given me a, a new confidence that I didn't have before and realizing that it's not you know my work ethic and that isn't just confined to sports i can use it elsewhere and yeah you know coding didn't come as easy to me as you know lifting a barbell or something right. like that but i still had to work at that and there was a day that i couldn't do half the things i can do in to in the gym but it takes time and i think it's just yeah. about also seeing long term and not just giving up after you know a few times that you fail. That's what I so. see a lot
0: of people when they get into the field, whether it's tech or data, they think they want uh, quick wins. Yeah. Kind of like in sports, I'm sure you see this when you coach, sure. right? So it's like, oh, I can't, you know, squat like you know 500 pounds, right? <laughs> like in, yeah. a, in a week, like okay, it's like, fine, yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's hard. What do you? What, uh, I guess over the next year for analytics, like, what are you stoked to to learn then?
1: Oh man, I feel like there's so much yeah yeah no definitely um i would say i definitely right now um would like to continue to grow my coding skill set and just yeah. be better at that you and i have talked about i mean taking some stats classes just to keep growing that muscle so to speak um would definitely love to kind of dip my toes into some machine learning type stuff but yeah. but i think right now like to your point of Try not to get ahead of myself, but um, just being the best data analyst I can possibly be. That was be. the advice I gave you. Yeah. Was
0: just, uh, and for the audience I'm mentoring, Colleen. Now, yes. So, she's also <laughs> she's going to be coaching me, so it's a good trade here. But um, but the um, but no, I, I think because there's a the thing you don't want to be is mediocre, right? Right. Like you want to, or if you're mediocre, you know you are. You know <laughs> you try to be really good at it. Yeah. Like for me in like running, for example, like I, no matter how hard I try, I'll be an average runner. It doesn't matter how much effort i put into it yeah i, I will be i'm not uh, the other day i saw my friend jared campbell who uh is like one of the best trail runners in the planet oh geez yeah so i'm just like running up this thing and he's like running down I'm like hey. Eh. Like, eh. so <laughs> i won't be him right yeah he's done he's like won like the barkley marathon like twice the, oh uh, wow the nasty one and it's like so there's people like that i know no you know i had a running coach right but i just know like the bounds. i just like i will be average at best mm-hmm that's fine but you got to push yourself to know these things and the same with like learning mm-hmm. a skill any skill like you you have to um put put in the effort yeah you'll know if you're good or not and there's nothing wrong with being mediocre but you'll mm-hmm. find the things that you want to be excellent at but you have to right. get, put in the time to know okay so you know put in the time i'm an awesome analyst as awesome as i need to be for, yeah. for the job at hand i don't know right. what the most awesome analyst in the world looks like that'd be interesting <laughs> i don't know that person yeah um, if you are the most awesome analyst in the world please reach out to me right um, <laughs> <laughs> and we can get you on the podcast. Um, yeah. So, it, and it's with with programming. It's interesting, right? I think there's there's a notion of like a 10x developer or a thousand x developer. And I think that's maybe I think a bit more tangible in some sense because it's mm-hmm. like you know how quickly can you ship features that matter? And maybe for an, an analyst, I guess maybe it's you know how can you move the needle for your business? Yeah. Is maybe how I'd probably measure the an awesome analyst. Um, but there's so many components that go into that, right? Right. So the domain expertise measure. part of being an analyst, which I think is actually more important in a lot of ways than having the tech technical chops. For sure. I think the technical, technical chops are the, the table stakes. You got to have that stuff, but being able to translate that into solving business problems, um, Very true. you know, is, is more, um, I think the value out of an analyst and the role of an analyst is changing too. Right. So. I think the the uh, an analyst that's answering like what or when type questions like descriptive stuff like that's mm-hmm. um, you know gonna probably go away or at least change but like yeah. being able to dive in and answer stuff like why and and how and help drive the business mm-hmm. like that's I think where the um you know the role is uh, is going but that that also means like you know uh, then there's all the business stuff you got to learn now it's like mm-hmm. okay so how do I move the needle on a business what have I yeah. think about competitive strategy and all this other stuff that like yeah. they don't teach you at analytics school typically. But this is, right. a, in fact, I I, I advise the uh, the um, University of Utah's um, uh, programs, and we were meeting the other week, and I was like, you know, the, the things I wish you would. Uh, and it wasn't me just saying this; either was a couple other people. But like the, the business stuff, learn to interface with the business. Like I wish you would teach more of that because that's mm-hmm. key. Like get requirements, understand stakeholders, and yeah, what do they want, and and so forth. So I'd say that's. Um, uh, for the audience that's it's something you should think about and for colleen yeah um, yeah that that's that's the uh, that's the yin to the yang right it's like all the technical stuff the coding stats it's like you got to learn that that's for sure that's but then it's all the whole other universe of, of, of absolutely of, of, everything and it's um yeah <laughs> it's
1: a- oh yeah well and i think to your point i think that's another one of the reasons why I love it so much is the problem solving piece. yeah, And getting to have those relationships with stakeholders and figure out like, okay, how are we going to make our product better to help our customers? And like really helping people I also think is another thing that I love about it. And like getting to talk to our customers or our customers coming in and being like, wow, like we're really making a difference. And I think that's really cool. So every day trying to, like you said, move the needle a little bit. And I think it's really cool Yeah, when you see all of that work that you and your team have done to like for that decision that ends up like making a really big difference, you're like, wow, like that's incredibly rewarding. And not that that happens like every day, but (laughs) but, you know, yeah, just just changing the world, making miracles. It's (laughs) great, yeah. But I think I really appreciated that bit of advice about really focusing on, you know, what I'm doing now because I think it's so easy, especially since there's so many parts of the business in the field. It's really easy to be. To get distracted and want to do a million things at a time but yeah but just like in fitness like you said if your goal is to you know squat really heavy and then also work on your gymnastics and all these other things you're not going to do 10 things all at once right you're going to tackle it one piece at a time and so, so I really appreciated that because it kind of brings me back to Earth a little bit. Well, so. it's easy, though,
0: to get distracted, right? I mean, you could, you could go learn, um, you know, data engineering. You know, here I am. I'm right. writing up the book. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, you could learn that. But I think it, it's and in due time. Maybe you do. Right. Yeah. Maybe spend the 20 percent time, quote unquote, you know, for new learning new stuff and keeping mm-hmm. on top of it. Like the way I learn is like, you know, on my iPad, I, I just queue up articles. or read them on the weekend. There's probably yeah. 50 of them. Just go through them, see what's up in the world, read a lot of books, learn the fundamentals. I think I gave you, uh, Ed Tufts, um, book on visualization. That one's fantastic. Yeah. I'm excited. Read the classics in the field. You know, that's like a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, but just, you know, I think the cool thing with you is you have humility and and like you're imminently coachable, which is like amazing. Um, uh, some people it's like, I do a lot of mentoring. I, I used to do a lot of mentoring. I don't do that much mentoring anymore. Um, But the, uh, I only take on certain people. Um, Well, I feel very very (laughs) special. Thank you. (laughs) But the, uh, but yeah, some people, I think they want to try and do everything at once, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, well, why can't I learn, um, you know, I don't know, just any number of things like machine learning on top of, you know, visualizations on top of whatever, right? All at the same time. I'm like, you got to build the foundations. And especially, you know, if you're coming into it, like with math, for example, right? Like math is very foundational. If That's what you're trying to brush up on or review it's like you got to yeah. start from like basically um you know your lowest point and build from there and your yeah. lowest point is whatever you know is a maximum knowledge you have of, of math but it's like if you skip steps it's not going to do you any good right you jump straight into learning complex stuff but you know machine learning i see this a lot people want to learn machine learning and there's gurus out there like oh you don't need to know math for machine learning it's like that's pretty bad advice. Um, yeah. like I think you got to get the, the building blocks at some point, right. right? But, um, no, it's, I'm excited for your journey, you know, it's, Thank it's you. I think you, uh, you, you got everything in um, uh, you know, to, to become an awesome, uh, I think minimally an awesome data analyst. So I think, uh, just, I think you're going to just rocket Um, you know, the, uh, data and probably business world too, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you got to, You got the ingredients. Thanks. So so for the audience out there, what are the ingredients? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, like I said, coachability, um, you know, tenacity, and uh, you know, and I think a sense of humility, right? Like that's how you learn. So, and keep going every day because you're going to burn yourself out otherwise.
1: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was definitely. um, I had many talks with um, my brother. I'm I'm the oldest of six kids, and so I'm super tight with my siblings, and they. Are just have just been really supportive and awesome cool. throughout everything. Same with my parents, and um, and I remember when I first got started in data analytics, uh, chatting with my brother, um, and I was definitely treating it as a sprint, not a marathon. Yeah. And he was like, "You gotta gotta slow your roll a little bit. It's it it's helps. easy to wanna it's, but it's the." Uh,
0: my dog can open doors for the audience where um, she tries she's to... She's very talented. Um, yeah, she's very talented. Maybe uh, you can go do it in the CrossFit Games there. Uh, yeah, there it. you go. So.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I think uh, that's also great advice is just that, yeah, again, not going to all happen in a day or a week. Oh, it won't. There's, anything, there's a progression so out there, <laughs> yeah. right? But
0: you know how this works. I mean, again, you know, you're very accomplished in, you know, three different sports, like that... Um, you know you don't get there by sheer luck you might get there with one yeah. but even then it's like to you know um did you say you qualify? you, qual- you, you did almost qualified at the olympics for, for swimming too or i went to olympic trials, olympic trials. okay yeah. yeah i mean to even get yeah. to that point like that's that's not a fluke so right. it's like i just sort of stumbled into you know the olympic trials right, right? that doesn't really happen so. yeah so that's really cool. Well, awesome. Well, it's been a fun chat. Yeah, um, thank you. Know, looking you. forward to uh, to mentoring you, and um, you know, uh, so yeah, it's be a lot of fun. And um, yeah, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Anytime.